of independent thought my name is desmond price no matter where you are in the world i want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts as always we have a great show for you today now here are our topics welcome back everyone to this bonus episode of independent thought my name is desmond price for today's bonus episode i have a few different topics i want to bring to you it is not too often that in the middle of the week i get a chance to just briefly speak on some different issues that are going on. Normally, I just give you one topic a week that I give 20, 30 minute presentation on. For this week, I kind of want to just give a few minutes to a few different subjects going on. And after our break in the episode, there's going to be an additional conversation that was had between myself and Sarah Bolstad, who is the host of I Speak Dead People podcast. Her and I had an additional like extra conversation after the one that you heard on the boycotting Oreos episode. So if you're interested in hearing that, it is right after the break. Stick around, check it out. It was great. I think you should listen to it. And again, her podcast is now back in season. So go check that out. Link in the description. Anyway, let's get into the news that's been going on this week. If you are listening to this on the 2nd of September, Earlier in the night, last evening, the Supreme Court voted five to four to essentially refuse to block Texas's new abortion ban. And I say it's an abortion ban because it technically is an abortion ban. I mean, it's not actually banning all abortions, but they might as well be. So the law that is going into effect in the state of Texas prohibits abortions from being administered after six weeks, which most women don't even know that they're pregnant until six weeks. So by default, you are essentially banning abortions. And while this, this law is just a little bit different than some of the other ones that have tried to be, to tried to been enforced, because I believe currently there is a at least 10 different states that have passed what, what you're referring to as heartbeat bills. And so what is different about this Texas law? I'm reading this right from the AP news right now. So if you want to go ahead and follow along with me, I'll even put this AP article in the link of this episode. But the AP said was what makes this law different is its unusual enforcement schemes. You know, rather than having officials responsible for enforcing the law, Private citizens are authorized to sue abortion providers and anyone involved in facilitating an abortion. So here's the example they give. If someone drives a woman to a clinic to get an abortion, underneath this law, anyone can successfully sue the person involved. So not only can they sue the woman who got the abortion or the physician who you know, performed the abortion, but they can also sue the person who drove the woman to the abortion clinic. 
that it's, it's, it's absolute madness to me. Like, I, I honestly can't believe the, the depth of the, it's not, it's beyond audacity. This is just outrageous evil in, in my opinion. So let me just put my cards on the table before we go any further into this episode. I know that abortion is a very strong subject for a lot of people out there. So let me just put my cards on the table. I am very pro-choice. So if you are someone who is pro-life, I'm probably offending you right now, but you know, you're here to listen to my opinion. So there it is. So Texas governor Abbott went on to Twitter to say, starting today, every unborn child with a heartbeat will be protected from the ravages of abortion. He said this in a statement posted to Twitter. He said that Texas will always defend the right to life unless it's all the people that they kill because they have the highest rate of, you know, the death penalty or when it's them refusing to have masks in, in school because they don't really care about whether or not, you know, teachers get coronavirus and die because, you know, that's when the right to life doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? I'm sure I could probably find so many more examples, but... I will, I will digress for now. Anyway, many people have come out against this already taking into place, including Dr. Gerald E. Harmon, who is the president of the American Medical Association, saying that this law not only bans virtually all abortions in the state of Texas, but also interferes in the patient-physician relationship and places bounties on physicians and healthcare workers simply for delivering care. And, and this, you know, this is not wrong. The fact that this law allows you to go ahead and just sue people left, right, and sideways to the tune of $10,000, anyone who performs the abortion, drives someone to the abortion. I, I, mean, I mean, this is, to call this an overreach is insane. And, and unfortunately, you know, like you could say like, oh, well, maybe someone could just like leave the state and go somewhere else. Texas is a massive state. Leaving that state is not some small feat, especially if you live in places like Houston, you know, or San Antonio, you're talking about driving hours just to get out of state. And then you're also hoping that the states that are adjacent are going to have room for you or that they also have adequate care. I mean, up in Oklahoma, for instance, it seems as though the clinics in that state only, you know, perform abortion care two days out of the week. So this, this is, this is all just absolutely terrifying. I, I don't even know how to put into words how, how upsetting this must be for, for women in Texas, for women across the country, for what this might mean as far as some of these other heartbeat bills that are going to be sent up to the Supreme Court, which is set to hear a, a similar bill in Mississippi later this fall. And this is all coming in the backdrop at the same time where Texas is, you know, just passing all kinds of laws today. I mean, they're also just, just as of this month, another law is taking into effect where it's ending the requirement for firearm training and for background checks. I've had people tell me that they've had similar laws passed in other States, including New Hampshire, and that that's been absolutely fine. You know, on this side note, you can't tell me with a straight face that there's something wrong with asking for a background check or for training for a gun. Why, why shouldn't people have to go through training to use a firearm? We ask people to go through driver's ed and to get a driving test to drive a car, but you don't think that people should have to go through any kind of training whatsoever to buy or own a gun? Get the fuck out of here, man. I, I just, I don't even know how to wrap my head around that.
So there's probably too many things I could say in regards to the Supreme Court. I know that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez came out on Instagram last night and said that she believes that it's time to expand the court. I, I'm not really a, a firm believer that expanding the court's the, the way to go. I mean, because like logically speaking, where does that end, right? I mean, you expand the court and then what? The next president can just expand the court again. The next president can just expand the court again. It, it seems like what the real issue here is that these, these justices really just, you know, the mechanism for installing them seems to be a little broken to me. And, you know, I don't know if we need to have judges elected, but I, I think the one thing that should be done is that it should not be a lifetime appointment. I don't know where exactly the, the term would be. You say five years, 10 years, 20 years. I don't know, but they should be termed like everything else. Judges should have term limits. Legislators should have term limits. The fact that our judicial branch and legislative branch of, you know, just have no term limits whatsoever is an absolute, just makes no sense to me whatsoever. The Supreme Court needs term limits. And I, I'm not really sure if we'll ever see that in our lifetime, but it really should happen. Now, one point of ray of light, if some of you are out there are pretty distraught by this news, Elizabeth Warren uh, spoke with MSNBC just last night as well. And she says that she believes that while the Supreme Court did rule this way, that there might be a way that Congress itself can pass a law to codify Roe v. Wade, or maybe not codify, maybe codify is the wrong word, but she might be able to pass a law that would essentially block states like Texas and Mississippi from implementing these heartbeat bills by passing legislation on the federal level. We'll see if that happens, but, you know, um, it, maybe there is still some hope that something can be done through Congress. But then again, Congress hasn't really been great about getting a whole lot of things done recently, have they? Which moves me on to my next topic, the eviction moratorium. So that did end after Congress and the White House bumbled it up. And now it would seem that what I assumed was every single state, it was going to be open season for evictions all over the country. But what I'm finding out now is, in fact, there are several states, from what I can see here, there are 13 states that have extended the eviction moratorium on some different level. Now, each one of these states seems to have done it in different ways. I'm just going to give you the list of the states. If you're living in one of these states and Maybe you might want to tell somebody you know who might be fearful of being evicted right now, but these states include Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Illinois, Hawaii, Nevada, California, Oregon, Washington, New York, New Jersey, New Mexico, Connecticut, and the 51st state, or at least it should be, Washington, D.C. Not really a state, but should be. Anyway. So the eviction moratorium has been extended in those states, but they're all kind of a little bit different, conditional. Definitely, you know, take a moment to go Google search that, especially if you know somebody who's afraid of being evicted. Uh, those are the states where some protections are still going to be available for some time. So please go ahead and check that out. But, you know, I got to say the Supreme Court also overturned the federal eviction moratorium just this week. So in a matter of one week, they've you know, put a lot of people's lives in 
danger for the well I, I actually don't know what the reasons are. I didn't see what their official reasoning for was for getting rid of this eviction moratorium or why they essentially are upholding Texas's abortion ban. But got to say, it's um, there's never been a better time, I guess you would say, to advocate for term limits for the Supreme Court, because these are these are some devastating rulings that have come down, you know, at their hands and so many people's lives are now about to be affected by this. And if you are interested in having your voice heard, I strongly suggest, and I'm sure people have said it before, and it probably seems a little obnoxious, but I'm so serious. Reach out to your representatives. Like I will probably do it. Not probably. Let me stop myself. I will be doing it later today. The number you can call is 202-224-3121. Call your reps. Call your senators, tell them to get their asses in the chambers and figure a way to help out with these situations. A little bit of positive news before we, you know, move on here. I do want to say that I have been very critical of Joe Biden before the election, during the election, since the election. I've had a lot of bad things to say about the guy and I don't regret them. I really don't. I don't I don't really think I was said anything that was out of bounds. You know, I think the criticism was valid. With that being said, I am very impressed that after we saw a media onslaught against him and his administration over the past month that the US military has withdrawn from Afghanistan bringing this 20-year war to an end. And I give him all the credit in the world. Now, with that being said, did the withdrawal get handled appropriately or well? I, I think it's obvious that the answer is no. You know, 13 Americans died recently. And then as well as several Afghans who were at that airport and then in retaliation, we go and drone strike the you know, supposed person who was responsible for that attack. And then ours, our uh, military claimed that there were no civilian casualties, but we found out since then that almost a dozen Afghan children were killed in that drone strike. And that has been, that has been a reoccurring thing in Afghanistan the entire time that we've been there, it's the untold story really is just how many civilians, how many children have been killed as a result of this war. And I am just glad that we are finally, we are finally leaving because nothing, and, and I, if you're a service member right now or a former service member, I apologize for how, for if this sounds callous at all, but I don't know that anything was accomplished by being there. I don't know that anything was. I don't know that anything positive came from being in Afghanistan other than some people got really rich. Besides that, it was a bunch of negatives. Americans died. Afghanistan civilian, Afghani like civilians died. We spent over $2 trillion that could have been spent at home. And so many service members came back either just like, either some kind of 
of issue mentally, physically, PTSD, like loss of limbs. I mean, people seeing things they're never going to be able to unsee years of their lives spent in a desert fighting for a cause that we never could truly win. We were never going to turn Afghanistan into some thriving democracy. And we literally just spent so much money in that place trying to install a government that was never going to take hold. I mean, we spent $83 billion alone on the Afghan national defense and security forces. Now, those security forces fell within two weeks, $83 billion, and it fell in two weeks. And some people want to blame Biden for that, but I don't know what you thought would have happened differently if a different president had been there. If they were going to fold within two weeks, it's not like they felt they folded like while fighting. A lot of these, a lot of these security forces, from what we found out, they just surrendered to the Taliban. They just surrendered to them. They were like, okay, here you go. You know, here's your weapons. We're not going to fight you. No big deal. And so that that leads you to believe that this was an agreement that was already in place. The Taliban had been laying seeds for their eventual takeover for a long time. And the only real way we were going to avoid that was staying there forever. And I think we can all agree that that was not the answer. No one wanted to stay there forever, or at least I would hope not. So, yeah, it, it, it's a travesty to, to see just all of the loss of life, the loss of the loss of time, the loss of resources, like everything that happened there. That $83 billion, if you listen to my last episode, the drinking, drinking lead in America, that $83 billion could have been used to replace all the lead pipes in America that are currently poisoning our population. There are children every day who are getting lead poisoning here in America. That could be undone if we would have invested that money into ripping out this terrible toxic infrastructure here back home in the States. But instead we used it for security forces who basically never had any intention on actually governing that country. Long story short, I'm glad that we are out of Afghanistan. I give Joe Biden a lot of credit. The media on both sides were going all in. They have been throwing every single story they possibly can right now, trying to shame the administration into leaving Afghanistan. And I'm glad that I'm glad that Biden didn't fall for it. I'm glad that stuck to the plan and that we did officially leave. So thank you, Joe Biden. I don't know that I'll be saying that a bunch more times during your administration, but credit where credit is due. The war in Afghanistan is over. And I'm very thankful for it. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the rest of my conversation from my previous episode with Sarah Bolstad, the host of the I Speak Dead People podcast. Stay tuned from a few words from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, 
They have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage-inspired clothing, shoes, and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf, and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. I know just from my personal experience, I have recently covered an episode about sexual abuse with the Boy Scouts. I covered what was happening with human trafficking. I covered what Uyghurs are dealing with in concentration camps in China. Those are basically like the three most like heavy episodes that I've done. And just doing those three, they took a mental toll on me to spend a week in those topics, researching those stories, trying to getting the firsthand accounts of people who are dealing with that kind of stuff. It, it does like kind of like pull like a strain on you, or at least it, it did on me anyway. So for you doing this podcast, you know, episode in, episode out, how do you deal with the, I guess, the emotions that come with being involved in this? <laughs> oh my God, yeah, I don't know if there's any answer other than just like taking a break, you know, like, <laughs> so, like, 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 no, because I mean, like how I said, it's like, sometimes I dream about these people or I, yeah. you know, I can just think back to, you know, that time that I did that episode with that person. And it's like, God, I can remember the music I was listening to and the, you know, the pictures I was looking at. So it is, it's like, you have to have outlets just, you know, if that means I just went for a really long run that day, you know, right. and like, I remember like after one of the episodes, I just like went for a run. I was like, I just have to leave the house and I was gone for an hour. And right. it's like, you have to figure out how to, you have to figure it out because, oh God, there was even one episode that I just wasn't expecting to be as sad as I was, as I was. And I couldn't talk about it for like three days. My husband was like, how'd that one go? And I just would start sobbing. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, get it together. But like, I just couldn't talk about it. And you just kind of have to embrace it. You just, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't know. This stuff is, it is super heavy. 
but then what I also just hold on to is just the amount of love that I feel from it. Like I get messages from the family members or from people who were like, Oh my God, I was always wondering that about them or something, but I could never ask. And so I just hold on to that. And I think, you know, the feeling does subside a little bit and it's like, okay, it's not that it's not as heavy now. I, I know it was, but I'm just going to, process that and let it be so you know i didn't even think to ask that question when we were speaking it's just not because we were we spent so much time focusing on like the grief and the and the trauma and all of the kind of like the aversion to these topics when we were just doing this episode i didn't even think about to, to ask about the possibility of the other half of the people who might be listening and the relief that they might have from listening yeah. to this or the the sense of closure that might come from having conversations like this or maybe just the, the happy memories that'll come up just from like reminiscing about you know so-and-so's mm-hmm. life I, I guess uh how often do you i guess does that come up how often do people like reach out to you and and express that to you the, yeah the, the, i the mean other side um, almost every episode, I would say every episode. And what's really cool too, is just like people that I had never talked to in high school, or maybe people that were 10 years older than I was, or um, yeah, people I was just like never affiliated with, you know, all this time later are just like, thank you so much for covering that about my friend. Cause maybe they knew him or thank you so much. Cause I've lived my whole life wondering what the hell that person was going through and like to just hear it them say it is so relieving and you know there's a a huge story out of my hometown where um i live next door to a daycare and a baby was run over and killed at daycare and she yeah and it was my boyfriend in high school it was his sister and she was a she was only 16 when she had this baby and she was a senior in high school when this happened that her baby was killed and this like shook our town like we no one i mean it was the most like disturbing thing you could ever imagine this sweet little innocent you know 12 month old 13 month old was tragically killed at daycare and I live next door. So it's like, I was coming home for lunch and saw the whole thing go down, like all the cops and paramedics and blah, blah, blah. And like, all I could do was just like, I remember I sat in my driveway the whole rest of the night and just stared at the driveway the whole night and was just like trying to process this. I was only like 14 or 15 at the time. Yeah. And you know, what do we do? We go to school the next day and it's just like, God, that was terrible. Wasn't it? Like no one was really like, you know, we weren't like pulled into the gymnasium and like being like, is everybody doing okay? You know, like, you know, so it's like, that's the type of shit that we dealt with. And although it's so horrible and tragic, it's like, it was like taboo. We couldn't talk about it because if it was brought up, it, it was like, no, don't talk about it because like, I might lose my shit if we talk about this, cause it is so sad. And it's like, yeah, it is. But also, so that's my third episode as I interviewed the mom of right. that. And, uh, 
Well, it makes a lot more sense now why well, you had so- your aversions to wanting to send your child to daycare. Because I think when you mentioned that in the episode, you're like, I don't know why I feel this way. I was like, I think I know why you feel this way now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and then, so that's the thing is like when I did that episode, yeah. I had so many messages of people who like were kids when that happened and right. being like, I had no idea how much stuff that I, you know, how this affected me so much in my life that you know just to hear it into words I'm like so relieved and so it does you see how it creates these like underlying anxieties that you don't understand why you have them until you're like okay I think this makes sense you're like yeah yeah it's honestly I think when you were just speaking right now it kind of like triggered a memory for me you know I had I feel weird even talking about this story, but I I didn't know the guy personally, but Mm -hmm. when I was in high school here in Montana, because I I spent part of my high school years in Pennsylvania, another half here in Montana, I I went to school at CMR in Great Falls. And I think my sophomore year of high school, a kid uh, took his life like in the school. Oh, wow. Like Uh during school. Oh, wow. And so it was like, it was in the morning and he went into a bathroom and, and shot himself. And the, the reason why that stood out to me, I mean, apart from how tragic that is, is the fact that the school decided to continue school that day. <laughs> like they did not shut the school down. They made us all finish the day. In fact, they wouldn't even send people home. Like they said that if anyone needs to talk, you can just come talk to a guidance counselor. And even being like 15 at the time, I was like, are these people insane? Like someone just died downstairs. Like, what do you mean you're not going to cancel school? You're not going to send anybody home. Like, what are you doing? You're literally taking this, this child's body out of the school right now. And you're saying nothing to see here. Please go about your day. Go back to math class the hell is wrong with those people? But I I think the rest of the time that I went to school there, I was honestly just visibly shaken by the whole thing. I mean, about the way that it was handled about, I never went to that bathroom again. I mean, Mm -hmm. where it happened at, I I just, yeah, it it was just something that I just, I couldn't believe how it was handled, honestly. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I still think about it sometimes because I'm just like, I just, I, I, it, it amazes me just like, it felt like a lack of empathy on oh, yeah. all of their parts that they just thought of this event so little that they were like we couldn't possibly cancel school for this like like who has that kind of relationship with someone losing their life more or I less? know could you even imagine too if like that was your son or something and they're like oh everyone just like kept going to school like my kids fucking life didn't you know matter enough for them to like take the day off or to just acknowledge that something terrible happened that day like i'm sorry the whole go to your guidance counselor thing is such bullshit to me like kids aren't gonna do that they just aren't and like like so i bring it up a lot that like we weren't talking about it in school the next day and um and sheena that's uh, madison the baby that was killed her mom was like, I have a lot of grace to that. Cause like, what did you want them to say? And it's like, I don't know what I wanted them to say, Anything. but when you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, when, but, but like 
when you, okay, I'm not a professional on this stuff, but when you read books about like traumatic events and um, I, I don't know if you've ever read The Body Keeps the Score. It's a great I actually book have on- have, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, that's okay. weird. <laughs> I haven't read a lot of books, but I've read that book. Okay. So, I think I think it's that book, but they um they talk about how kids who witnessed the 9/11 attacks and like bodies falling out of the buildings yeah. um how the kids went to, you know, serious trauma therapists and had them like draw a picture of what they saw, right? right? Like, because that's how you communicate with a five or six year old who witnessed something like that, right? Yeah. Well, they're not going to tell them like this, is, you know, they're going to be able to do it on a level that the child will understand. Well, the children were drawing pictures of bodies falling out of the building and then they would draw trampolines underneath it. And, and they would just say, like, explain to us what this is. And they would say, well, you know, if there was a trampoline underneath the building, then those people could have just bounced off and then they would have just been safe. And like, that was their brain putting it into a compart, like an area where they could process this horrible event that they witnessed. And yeah. then it was in a safer place in their brain. It wasn't just, you know, repeating in their head of watching this person's body fall on the fucking cement. You know, right. it's like, that's what you have to do to process this stuff. You know, had we just gone into the gym and just been like, let's, wow, you know, and just been together and been like, wow, you know, and you could have been like, well, could it have been like a different baby? Or you could have talked about something else. You know, it's like, you're, it would have settled some of that stuff that just ricochets off of all the stuff firing in your brain and then stays in there for the rest of your life. You know, right. it's like you, ha you have to learn to process this stuff. It has to be acknowledged and, yeah. or else it becomes, you know, then you're in your thirties and you don't want to take your day, your kid to daycare and you don't understand why, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like, yeah yeah mm -hmm. it's it's amazing how these how these events can linger throughout our entire lives and i think you know for so many different reasons i've been trying to more or less convince myself that you know if there is something going on you know mentally like there's no reason to wait to address it I think just from different things I've experienced in my life the last few years, I've kind of come to the realization that, you know, there's always the point that you want to give yourself the time that you need to, you know, I guess more or less come to a place where you're ready to talk about something. But I mm -hmm. think we all know the difference between, I guess, like that period where you just aren't ready yet versus just avoiding. And yeah. Uh-huh. And I guess that's a huge you, takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. And when you finally get to that place where you feel like you're ready, we're probably all better off trying to find some way to address these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And too, like, uh, like as for, you know, the amount of people that listen to it too, it shows that it's like just being like an audience member to it. It means that this has you know resonates with people like right and and it comes back to like had 
you know, they brought CMR, like every kid there into a gym, it's like they might not have been ready to talk about it, but they would have just been able to listen, you know, and like, and that could have done something. And then maybe you would have used that bathroom in the high school, you know, like, yeah, (laughs) you didn't. Or, yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I feel weird getting like really into it because I, I, cause I, I didn't know him that well, but I knew other people who did. But so I, I can't say that it like, it like it really like affected me, affected me, but it definitely did affect me on some level. It affected me, I, I think, in the sense that I just, I, I, yeah, I guess what I was saying earlier, I just couldn't believe the, the lack of empathy that was had by these adults in this place and the yeah. fact that this happened and there was barely any discussion about it. It was like, we're just not going to talk about this because it's tragic. And I, yeah. I don't know, that, that just that really kind of like left a little scar there. I was just like, I can't believe that this is just how we're going to treat this event because I just, in my, even as a child, I knew that the, I knew that was not acceptable. It just, it, there was no way that that is the end result. I mean, there's many different ways to approach this situation, but that can't be it. Ignoring it can't be it. 